When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, my beloved listeners. I love you guys so much. Oh, I'm just so excited for today's episode. I also have been seeing you guys tagging me on TikTok in all of these little videos and posting my podcast and saying all these really sweet things. So I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for supporting me, for listening. And today we're going to be talking about the intersection of femininity, spirituality, and animals. The reason we're talking about this today is because I got a few DMs or messages in last month on two different topics. So one of them is about the dark feminine, which do not confuse the dark feminine with the wounded feminine, which most people are doing. The wounded feminine is the unintegrated, oppressed, suppressed version of of the feminine. And there's nothing, you know, divine feminine about it. There's nothing embodied about it. This is just a wounded basically a wounded woman, right? This immature kind of wounded woman, that's just what she will look like. I linked in my highlights on Instagram. My Instagram is Victoria Duvall. If you want to see the differences between a wounded woman or wounded femininity versus dark femininity, you can go on my highlights on Instagram in the womanhood highlight and there's a chart there. So you can get that kind of difference and see the distinction between the two. Now, The dark feminine is deeply embodied, deeply integrated, deeply healing, and really, really, really in her power. And so one aspect, there's also, so with the dark and light feminine, within that spectrum, there's around five archetypes, right? And so within this dark feminine archetype, there's one aspect of this dark feminine that is deeply primal and in tune with life and death cycles. And I refer to this aspect of the feminine, of the dark feminine, of the feminine in general a lot, right? And I'll talk about this aspect that is deeply primal and in tune with the death and life cycles. Now, I'm first going to talk about this aspect. There's two different things we're going to talk about in this podcast today, but I'm first going to talk about this aspect within the context of animals and veganism. Now, When people think about life and death cycles, they think primarily about killing or, you know, physical death as a human being or an animal and then being born, right? So they're thinking about these very tangible in your face, like you die and then you're born, right? And that needs to be thought about. But there's this other aspect that's actually the main kind of area where this life and death cycle comes in with the feminine, where it's much less focused on and there's much less mastery in this type of area. And so the life and death cycles, of course, there's the physical one and we'll get to there as well with the feminine, you know, being comfortable with 
you know, death physically of, you know, herself dying, her her sister dying of an animal dying, of a plant dying, and then also nurturing life and bringing birth into the world, right? Now, but on a more, a different level, there is this aspect of the feminine that's deeply in tune with life and death cycles throughout a life, right? Throughout a life. And so within your life, you have gone through so many life and death cycles. Now, the unintegrated feminine, when she goes through life and death cycles or rebirth and death cycles, she will go through them with her head in the sand, completely dragging her feet, not aware of the life and death cycle you're going through or that she's going through. And so we can really see this even in the conversation about abortion. Something that I talk about with this conversation is it's very important to be aware of the cycle that you're going through. Otherwise, you're going to suppress a lot of emotions. You're not really going to be connected to the experience, right? So in this abortion cycle, this abortion initiation, because all abortions are initiations, within this abortion initiation, it's important to be aware of the actual cycle that you're entering into, right? You're going through a death cycle. And being very aware of all of your different feelings and emotions and anything energetically coming through and moving through that intentionally, consciously, and with grace, right? So if we are in tune with our femininity, we will move through our life and death cycles, our rebirth and death cycles with grace, intentionally, consciously, right? Not in a victimhood mentality, but fully within you with union or in union with the cycle right so this will look like if we're keeping on the topic of abortion when someone is having an abortion they're very aware of all maybe their sadness or their pain or their grief and they're feeling it all very deeply and they're not mad at their situation they're not taking on a victim role they're moving through this this death cycle in union with the death cycle itself they are walking hand in hand with the death cycle they are not mad at the death cycle they are not turning away from the death cycle they are fully in tune with it they are aware of it and then they're feeling their deepest expressions and expressing them in a healthy way right and so most people baseline they don't feel or express their emotions they're scared of certain emotions they're scared of certain depths right and so they hide them they suppress them and this is the opposite of being in the feminine and so part of being in the feminine is being in these death and life cycles intentionally consciously and walking in union with your life and death cycles, your rebirth and death cycles, right? And so this is the most important aspect of this archetype or the archetype would more be what the crone or um, the wise woman kind of thing, right? Um, With this archetype, with the aspect of this archetype that is in tune with life and death cycles, what that is really referring to is your life and death cycles and then if you expand that out your community or your lover or your partner as a union you and your partner's life and death cycles right being able to walk in in union intentionally and consciously through you and your partner's death and rebirth cycles if you're going to be in a long-term relationship a marriage 
If you're going to be together for 60 years, you're going to go through a lot of death and rebirth together. And you won't be able to walk through that in a conscious and level-headed and graceful way if you can't walk intentionally and gracefully with your own life and death cycles, right? So then you push it out and it goes to you and your partner. You push it out a little further. It goes to you and your community, the life and death cycles within your community. You push it out even further. You might even get to our entire humanity, and our life and death cycles as a human race. And then even further out, you can get to the earth's life and death cycles, right? Which the earth goes through life and death cycles eventually, not to be existential, but the earth wipes everyone out every, you know, what is it like million years or something or every few million years, the earth will wipe everyone out and then start anew, right? It goes through a life and death cycle. This has happened many times. The Ice Age, you know, when all the dinosaurs were wiped out at at a different period, right? The dinosaurs, the Ice Age, all these different things happen where the earth kills everything on it and then starts fresh, right? So that's the life and death cycle if you go out even further. And then being able to hold that as a feminine woman, you can hold that life and death cycle, right? I can hold it. I can make sense of it. I can um, feel it in my body, not even necessarily make sense of it. I can just hold it, right? And I understand it intuitively. Okay, so let's take that understanding right? We understand these. So my point in saying all this is just one aspect of the life and death cycle that we are not actually maturing into at all right now as a humankind. And then as women, we are really, really afraid of our life and death cycles, of our rebirth and death cycles. And what normally happens is that women when they're going through a death cycle or even in their rebirth cycle, there's this resistance to the cycle itself, right? Like I'm mad that I'm in this. I'm ashamed that I'm in this. I'm upset that I'm in this. And then there's this split where then the emotions that you're feeling get suppressed. And so then you're not actually walking in union with that death or that rebirth cycle. So this is part, an innate part, an integral part of being in the feminine, being in your feminine is being able to hold this life and death cycle that will continually happen with you. Now, on a different different aspect, this happens if you have a womb and you're a woman, or even if you're not. If you have a womb, you are going through life and death cycles every single month if you are menstruating, right? So if you are menstruating and you have a womb, you are going through life and death cycles every single month. Now let's talk about that. How are you actually um, walking through these life and death cycles, right? So your follicular phase is the beginning, is the spring, is the beginning of your rebirth. Your ovulation phase is like the peak of your rebirth, right? Then your luteal phase is you kind of coming down off of that, going into a death cycle. And then your menstruation phase, when you're actually bleeding, is when you're fully in that death cycle. You're releasing anything emotionally trapped is coming up. You're much more intuitive, right? So you're in this life and death cycle every month. Every month you're in it. Now, how do you walk through that? Are you intentional and walking in union with this life and death cycle? Do you feel that you are conscious and aware and supporting and aiding your body and your womb in this life and death cycle that you go through every month or are you just kind of suppressing it the way that you suppress other life cycles and death cycles in your life right 
and that you suppress and when you if you do it to yourself and you do it to your womb you're going to do it to the whole world and to others and your relationships right and so once we begin holding and being able to hold our own life and death cycles physically and emotionally then we can start holding them outside of ourselves right but if we can't do it with ourselves we cannot we won't be able to do it outside of ourselves and so when you hold this life and death cycle within you you begin to within when you hold it within your menstruation and and the way that you engage with your cycle and the way that you aid yourself in your different phases and your cycle tracking and the way that you're attuned to your cycle as a cyclical womb having being right it's very important to be able to be in union with that life and death cycle now once you have come into maturation within those two areas of the life and death cycle right the one with your womb and the one with your own emotional periods of your life where you're going through life or rebirth and death cycles then we'll bring it a little bit outside of us and we'll talk about the natural world right so when when we're talking about a woman in her dark feminine being able to hold life and death cycles, what you're really talking about is that woman being able to hold her own emotional and womb life and death cycles and then other people and her unions life and death cycles and humankind's and earth's life and death cycles, right? If you kind of keep bringing it out. But initially what you're talking about is your own life and death cycles as a cyclical being and then also as an emotional being. Now, on the other hand, which isn't necessarily intimately related to this, but what people like to say from this is, oh, you know, well, if you hold, you can hold your life and death cycles and you can hold this primal aspect of yourself, then why, why would one be vegan, right? Why would one be vegan? And also just a quick note, the primal aspect of yourself is also not, you know, going out and killing, you know, others, other beings, other animals, right? It's more of this primal aspect of yourself sexually, emotionally, intuitively. So how deeply do you express? How, how much can you express from a centered and heart-led space, right? How wild can you be in your expression? So this is more what it's referring to there. Now, but if we want to talk about it outside of ourselves, it's important to kind of shut that, that little area down with that kind of misunderstanding there. So just because I can hold the life and death cycle right outside of myself. So let's say I can hold the life and death cycle of a lion killing an antelope, right? I can sit with it and I can also feel and mourn and feel sad and grieve, but I can move and understand and be in tune with that life and death cycle and see why it's necessary, right? Now, the key here is that when it's necessary, okay? So the key here is when it's necessary, to bring death outside of yourself, you do, right? When it's necessary, right? So if it's necessary for you to create a death cycle outside of yourself by self-defense maybe, right? So maybe someone attacks you and you kill them, right? As self-defense and that was your, your only resort and that was necessary in that moment, right? Let's say 
um, your husband and you are in a in your home and someone breaks in and tries to harm you and your husband shoots him, right? And he kills this person. Was that necessary? Yes, this was necessary. All right, so I can hold that death. I can hold any death, but I can hold that death in particular because it was necessary, right? And then even the deaths where they weren't necessary, let's say um, someone goes and kills someone for no reason, I can still hold that death. And when I say I, I mean the feminine, right? So I'm talking about the feminine. The feminine, and I'm going to say I, can still hold that death, still hold that death, right? So the feminine can still hold that death while understanding intuitively that that is a karmic cycle that's playing out between two that has nothing to do with them. And so they can mourn it, right? So as the feminine, as a feminine person, you can mourn that death. You can be sad, you can grieve, you can be angry, you can be rageful. And hopefully, God forbid, God forbid this never happens to anyone listening, right? That someone you know or um, is killed senselessly, right? God forbid. But, right, we can, we can hold that. We have to. We have to hold that death. But without saying, I'm going to take part in that, right? I'm not going to also go do that just because I can hold that. Just because I can hold a senseless killing doesn't mean I'm going to go and also do a senseless killing, right? I can say that, okay, I have no idea what karma just played out between the two of them. I have no idea what just happened that was wrong from my understanding, right? From my human understanding that was wrong. And being able to hold the divinity of a situation and also hold the humanness of it is holding the paradox, which is another divine feminine principle that I talked about in a different podcast. So holding the divinity while also holding your feelings and your humanness around it allows you to hold that death cycle, right? Even if you're angry about it, even if you're upset about it, you still are forced basically to hold it, right? Now, just because you can hold it doesn't mean you're going to go and act the same way because you do not want to engage in that karma, right? You don't want to engage in something that is not necessary. You do not want to bring a death cycle outside of yourself to someone else that is not necessary, right? So I'm not going to go and kill someone on the street because it's not necessary. I don't have to. And then on top of that, I don't want to engage with someone else in that way because ultimately it harms myself. And then another aspect is I feel that that's morally wrong, right? I feel that it's morally wrong to go and kill someone on the street. I don't think that's right. I don't think it's right to go and cause harm to somebody when it's not necessary, when it's not warranted and they're just minding their business and I don't need to do it. I didn't need to kill that person for survival, right? I, I can, I can go do it and I could make sense of it, but I don't need to go kill that person for survival. Now, let's say it was survival and let's say there was no one else on the planet and I had to kill that person to survive. I had to eat them, right? I had to kill them to survive or they were going to kill me or something like that, right? Then I could and I would be sad, but I would be able to make sense of that death cycle. Now, let's bring in animals into this, right? So just because I can hold that, let's say, 
a lion kills an antelope, it doesn't mean that I'm going to go and kill that antelope. First of all, because it was necessary for the lion. It was necessary for the lion. Being able to hold the cycle doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to engage in it, especially if it's outside of you, right? If you can hold the cycle within you, those are all intimately a part of you. But now when you get messed up and into outside of you death cycles and life cycles that that you are choosing actively to engage in, now that's a little bit different because what's happening is you are saying, I'm using my consciousness and my free will to create a death cycle. Right, I'm gonna- You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I create a death cycle. Let's say even with the earth, right? You know that the earth is going to wipe everybody out. It's just, you know, factual. It's just the facts, right? And we're not going to be here. It's going to be in hundreds of thousands of years. The earth is, you know, going to wipe everyone out, right? And that's just going to be what it is. And so then do I go and put oil all in the sea, right? Because I'm like, I can hold that death cycle. And therefore, you know, I can create another one. No, right? And so with animals, so many times people say, you know, if you can hold the death cycle within you or in life, then why can't you go in and engage in one? But those are two different things. Holding a death cycle and being able to understand a death cycle between two individuals that's necessary, let's say in nature, like a lion killing an antelope, which is necessary for the lion to live, versus a human who is blessed with a deeper level of free will and consciousness choosing when it is not necessary to go and kill someone else, an animal, someone, right? Someone else, because you feel like it, because it's good for your taste buds, right? There's no other reason right now, right now in 2022, to go and eat an animal or to eat their byproducts, right? Which causes them to die. There's no reason to do that if, if it's not necessary. The only reason is for taste buds. It's not necessary for health. It's not necessary for any other reason. Literally, it's not. And it actually is harmful, right? It's one of the leading causes of climate change. It's one of the leading causes of ocean dead zones um, and, and species extinction. And so we're actually acting in harm. But the point is that just because I can hold a death cycle doesn't mean I'm going to go and create one. 
And so don't use, oh, I can hold death to say, oh, I can go cause harm outside of myself. No, that's not what that means. To be a feminine person and take out femininity, to be a morally just person, you are going to reduce your harm that you create to others as much as possible. Whether that be with social justice causes, right? In social justice causes, educating yourself so that you create the least harm to others, right? I don't want to be acting transphobic, racist, sexist, ableist. I don't want to be acting in these ways. I want to create the least harm that I can to others. I want others to feel safe and and loved and, and precious, right? And so just because I could cause a death cycle to them and just because it would be natural in, in the natural world, right? Let's say with maybe someone who was born deformed in the natural world with the animals, they might kill off that child right away. But because I, as a human being, am blessed with a deeper level of consciousness and free will, I am not going to engage in that death cycle. I'm going to choose something different. I'm going to choose to not engage in that death cycle because I have free will as a human. And when you choose to create death or life cycles outside of you, that is intricately tied to your karma. Karma can be good or bad. And in truth, it's neither neither one nor the other. But it can cause you to have more fruitful repercussions or more limiting repercussions. Right? And so... If I go and create a life cycle outside of me, maybe I breathe life into someone else by, you know, complimenting them or making them feel safe. Now, I just engaged in a rebirth cycle with somebody and I filled them up. Now, that actually comes back to me based on the natural law of karma, right? With every action, there's a reaction, an equal and opposite reaction. And so that just filled me up. Even if I don't get filled up in that moment, my karma is fulfilling and and fruitful. But if I go and act to someone in an unkind or a death cycle, I go and create a death cycle for someone else. Now this is outside of me. I can do that and I can also hold it, but I have to sit with the fact that I just chose from my own free will to go and harm someone else when it wasn't necessary. And so that's really the point here is that to harm someone when it is not necessary whether that be an animal or another person, is first of all, bad karma. And second of all, not holding the death and life cycle, right? That is just choosing to harm someone, right? If you choose to kill and eat a cow, right? You go to the store, you go to a restaurant and you order veal, right? What is veal? Veal is a baby cow who was ripped from their mother in the dairy industry, The dairy industry created veal because they had so many babies that they weren't allowing, you know, to suckle from their mothers because we were drinking the milk. And so they have all these baby cows. They're like, what can we do with them? Oh, we can kill them and call it veal, right? So we're eating a baby cow. We go to a restaurant, this innocent little baby being, and we decide to, you know, pay for them to be killed and, and eat their flesh and eat their body parts, right? What does that mean, right? I just chose when it was not necessary death I just chose harm right because it's not only death it's harm I just chose to harm someone else when it wasn't necessary right and so from that space that's not holding the life and death cycle you can call it that to make yourself feel better to you know spice it up with some words but all that is is choosing from your free will 
to harm someone else. And you, your karma, with every action you take, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Just the law of science, the law, law of karma. And so that will come back, right? That will come back. And so holding the life and death cycle as a feminine being starts within yourself and also goes for the outside world, but it does not mean that you are free to then kill others or harm others. It doesn't mean that. You can choose it, right? And then I can sit with your death cycle you just created and say, ah, that girl just chose to harm others when she didn't need to, okay? She's in her own karmic cycle. All right, wish her well, right? But that is not what this is. That's not this feminine principle. And so just ground into that, right? Just ground into that, that the death and life cycle that needs to be held by the feminine does not mean that you can go and create unlimited harm or unlimited death outside of yourself. It means that you can hold it within yourself and also without outside of yourself, but it doesn't mean that you're going to go and create it outside of yourself when it's not necessary, okay? So that's really, really important. Now, I wanted to talk about one other aspect, which is when animals or when souls reincarnate into an animal body, right? When a soul reincarnates as a cow, does that mean that they're free game, right? That they're free game, that they incarnated into a cow, therefore they're free game. No. What that means is that, you know, maybe they were hurting cows a lot in their last life or hurting animals a lot in their last life or something like that. Who fucking knows? I have no idea what happened with that person or with that soul as they were evolving up the the consciousness ladder. Maybe they were a dog in their last life. Maybe they were a snail. I don't know, right? So if a soul reincarnates into a cow, does that mean they're free game? No. What it means is that you... Every, every person you engage with, every individual, every soul you engage with, you're either going to leave peacefully or you're going to leave with a karmic tie, right? So if I leave that cow alone, now I just went out of that interaction. I don't have any karmic balance to balance now, not either good or bad, right? It's just, okay, there's, it's neutral. Nothing happened here, right? Now that I go and harm that cow, by killing him and eating him or something like that, this innocent being who didn't want to die and I didn't need to kill him, right? If I didn't have to kill him, which is the the situation now, right? I didn't have to kill him. I chose to because I didn't want to go to the store and buy beans and rice instead, right? I wanted to just taste this cow. So I killed them. I caused them to suffer. Now I just entered into a karmic tie with that cow, I just entered into a karmic tie with that cow, right? Now, with that cow, there is a balancing of karma that must happen now between the two of you, right? And so whatever that looks like for the two of you, that's your own. I don't know. I can't answer it for you. But what I do know is that all of the animals right now that are being exploited for meat, for dairy, for eggs... For all, for everything, right? Just being completely enslaved and exploited. For all of these animals, if all of us decided to no longer eat them, right? Because we don't need to. We don't need to cause them to suffer. Then our karmic loop 
with those souls would end because we're no longer engaging and we're actually choosing from our free will to engage in a healthy and loving way and we're ending that karmic tie, right? But if you continue to engage and continue to use your free will to cause harm, you continue in this loop and this cycle. If you choose from your free will to not cause harm, then you end karmic cycles. If you choose from your free will to exit from trauma, you know, generational trauma or karmic cycles in your family or ancestral cycles or whatever, you exit these karmic loops, right? But if you choose to engage, you stay in them. And the more that you stay in these karmic ties, the more karma that your your soul accumulates as a debt right? I, it has to balance. It has to. So the more that you engage in these harmful cycles, the more karma that you accumulate versus if you say, I'm comfortable with what I'm experiencing. I'm going to step out of this, out of this karmic loop and I'm going to sit with myself and do my own thing and I'm not going to engage in this anymore. Now you've removed yourself and you're no longer creating more debt, more debt, more debt. But what happens with most people is that in the fulfilling of their karma, they they create more. So let's say me and someone, um, let's talk about abortion actually. Now, if I am in a karmic tie possibly with a fetus that is in my womb, and the fetus in my womb, I'm going to abort, which is great. You know, I'm going to abort this fetus, right? Now, how do I come to that abortion? Do I come to that abortion in union with the fetus, knowing that the two of us are choosing this and likely balancing karma together? Or am I harmful and rude and mean to this fetus and cold and, you know, whatever? And maybe that creates an imbalance, right? That creates, you know, this, this debt that, so the point is that as we are engaging in these karmic balancing relationships, the way that we act within them creates more debt or it creates less debt and it ends, right? So let's say someone punches me in the face and then let's say I kill them when I didn't need to, right? I didn't need to kill them. They punched me in the face because I did. I said something mean to them. Let's say I said something mean to someone and then they punch me in the face and then I kill them, right? Me saying something mean to them and then them punching me in the face could have been a karmic balancing them right there, right? That could have been a karmic balancing. I don't know if it is. This is just an example where in that instance, it was a karmic balancing. But then because I chose to kill them, which went outside of the karmic balancing, it was it was extra, it was unneeded, then I just created more karmic debt within the karmic balancing relationship. So do you see how that works? If, if A and B are just in a little tie together, right? And they just need to, you know, engage in this one dynamic and then it balances. But then in that dynamic, A brings all of these other letters... Now they've just created more balancing that the two need to do. Now they're going to have to come back again and again and again until they can just have A and B balance and not create anything else. So the point is that what happens is that most people are in these 
karmic situations, karmic relationships, like every relationship with your family, with everyone, you know, is like usually a karmic sort of balancing, right? But within it, they don't just allow it to be that. They create all this other drama which keeps you trapped in the play. And so the point is, please do not use these spiritual terms to think that causing harm outside of yourself to animals is okay, is spiritual, is feminine, or is anything of the likes. It is not. It is harmful. It is a death that you're creating and choosing for someone else. It's a harm that you're choosing from your own free will. And it's not spiritual. It's not feminine. And it's not anything like that. So I hope that this made sense for you guys. And I love you guys so much. And also I want to make a note with the abortion comment just that I made, which is true, but you can... um. If you if you feel like you had an abortion and you maybe were uh, like kind of not really moving through the waves, like moving through your anger, like it's totally normal to feel angry, to feel sad, to feel upset, to feel hurt, to feel regretful, whatever it is, and to feel that to its depths. But, you know, sometimes on top of that, women will then feel this kind of like coldness or this meanness to the fetus or something like that or kind of will they'll pit themselves against the fetus instead of realizing that the two are creating something together and both going through this abortion together and can do it in union even if you feel angry and sad and and whatnot now if you feel like you went through that don't feel scared that you feel like you created some karmic debt blah 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 not necessarily what you need to do just have a talk have a talk with yourself, with the with the soul, and say, hi, I'm sorry that I did that at that time, that I, not that you had the abortion, that you maybe acted in a harsh way or were being mean to the soul or maybe weren't understanding that even if you were feeling sad or hurt or angry or rageful, it wasn't necessarily the soul's fault, right? That you and the soul were just engaging in this little karmic balancing or whatever the hell was going on. Maybe the soul loves you so much and wanted to come to you to have an abortion so that they can, you know, I don't know, have some sort of experience that they needed, right? I was listening to a Ram Dass talk the other day and Ram Dass was saying, you know, we've all been aborted a million times. At that point, all we needed was fetal development for our consciousness. That's it. And then our, the mother aborted us and that was it, right? So... The point is don't uh, feel like you're trapped if you feel like you got some kind of karmic uh, baggage or something from that experience. All you need to do is release it by talking to the soul and asking to release from one another in a loving and healthy way. So it could look like you setting kind of a ritual space and having this kind of um, maybe altar laid out and sitting and saying, I'll give an example. You could say, hi. And really feel into your heart, like really feel into your heart. I'm calling on the soul that I aborted a couple years back or a few months back or a few days back. At that time, I didn't know how sacred and divine the abortion experience was. And I think I acted in a way that maybe was cold or I was callous or I was angry at you instead of just being angry, right? And maybe I feel like I created some karmic debt with you and I just want to say, I love you and I can release you. I'm not mad at you. Go on your own way. 
I want us to release this karmic tie. I don't want to create any more baggage with you. I want to sit with it and release it. And I want us both to go on our own way. I want you to go into your next expansion. I see now how sacred this experience was and we can both go on to our next expansion, right? Something, whatever comes out from your heart. I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't actually, I haven't done that. Um, so whatever comes out from your heart, whatever feels authentic and that will um, neutralize the situation. So you're not, don't feel like scared or something like that. You can just speak to it, to speak to the soul and and have a conversation and you can do some sort of ritualistic like burning of you can write on the um on the paper maybe a the date that you had the abortion and then like burn it maybe on with some um like a match on this piece of paper and then kind of let it fly in, the ashes kind of fly in the wind and just say you know I'm releasing this and I'm releasing this tie something like that so the point is that if you didn't come to your abortion in a conscious and intentional way you can still create that now and neutralize it so don't feel afraid at all just wanted to make that note <laughs> so anyway guys I love you guys so much hope this was helpful and I will talk to you soon bye save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today Kroger fresh for everyone prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply see site for details